Welcome back to the beautiful sound of Under the Akaranda. I'm here today with Matt Alexander. Welcome, Matt, to Under the Akaranda. How have you been? Yes, thank you. Very, very nice. Uh, it's awesome to be back. We've been fantastic, and it's a little trip down memory lane walking back into, into Resia. It's a weird, weird, weird feeling. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so a lot of the guys in Res obviously already know you from TikTok or Instagram or from your time in Eendracht. Um, but for the few who don't, Matt was in Yandra for two years before turning TikTok famous in the lockdown of 2020. So uh, before we get into that, where did you stay in Yandra? What did you study and how was your time here? Yeah, no. So obviously, you know, a bit of a, a trip down memory lane there. So I started studying in 2016 and was fortunate to get into Yandra during my first year. I had the immense privilege of staying with a wonderful group of gentlemen down in Hira 17. Um, and then subsequently moved up to Qatar and then Wall Street for my final year. Um, I was doing a BSc in Molecular Biology and Biotechnology, obviously not entirely involved in that field anymore, but uh, that's uh, what kept me busy while I was here. Do you still have interest in that field or has it like switched completely? A hundred percent. Like I, I, I don't think that's ever something that's going to um, not be an interest of mine, um, but I think the, the route that I went while studying just didn't necessarily line up with a vision I had for where I kind of want to go in that sort of field. Okay, that makes sense. And But you've always created content, like you've created content before TikTok, even in your time in Yendrach. Mm. Um, so like, where did that start? Where did the passion come from? Something in your family or not at all? Not at all in my family. I think uh, I made a few jokes, you know, I'm going to take this or eat my words now, but I made a few jokes with my family way back when about people who made videos and photographers being a bit, you know, silly, you know, what were they doing? Again, apologies <laughs> to anyone I offended in, in that day. In the era, but uh, during actually my first year during during res, I kind of you know, in the, the odd occasions when I was trying to dodge studying for a few um, chemistry exams, uh, got into the nice YouTube train as all students do, um, and stumbled across a few very interesting um, uh, travel and vlog sort of uh, con content videos um, on YouTube, and really thought you know wow this is amazing what are these guys doing? And you know during the course of my first year, started saving up for a camera. Got a little GoPro at the end of my first year, and then you know sailed away from there. So, if you go watch any of my first initial videos, they are horrendous to say the least. <laughs> everyone least the starts with a GoPro. <laughs> yeah, I know everyone starts with a GoPro, especially <laughs> back then. It was the the thing. Um, but yeah, that's where everything sort of started. So, end of my first year, I really started you know getting a, a massive passion for creating content, making videos, and you know, capturing memories with a bunch of mates. And then, when did Curate come into it? Uh, because you've always like created after movies for dancers and for Dharma Touch and everything. Mm. Uh, when did Curate start? Or? So, I was one of the, the, the later bring ins into the whole Curate ecosystem. For those who are a bit unfamiliar or didn't listen to the episode with uh, Jean a while back, it's a bit of a platform that essentially links you know, different content creators to clients. Um, for various different things. So it's essentially a you know, content agency of sorts. Um, and during my final year, third year, I was getting quite into making my little you know, action adventure videos and started building up a bit of network of different people across the Western Cape um, to sort of collaborate with and network with and make little cool videos with. And in the process of doing that, I found out what John and a couple of the other guys in Res were busy with, with this, this curate concept. And we thought, you know, look, I'm already networking with a bunch of different photographers, models, influencers, etc. Maybe it would be beneficial for these guys if I sort of, you know, introduce them into this network. At that stage, I had a bit of a WhatsApp group going um, with a bunch of different people. Um, so I chatted to John about that and then, you know, thought, thought not too much of it. And then two, three months later down the line, you know, John and the guys approached me again and were like, look, Matt, we see what you're doing with this group and stuff. You know, would you be interested in being a bit more involved in the whole, you know, curate ecosystem, mm -hmm. so to speak? And then... 
Yeah, that's, Yo, that's, that's been like my life. And now you're wearing the jacket, so. <laughs> <In my life laughs> since, you're yeah, in I it. I got the jacket, so, you know, pretty, pretty <laughs> part of the market. Yeah. And then, I mean, when did it go to TikTok? Was it like a deliberate choice that, okay, this is the new platform coming up, or was it sort of just messing around? Mm, so, a little bit of both, in all honesty. Um, I mean, again, back to when I started out making the, you know, fun vlog things, I'd really been obsessed with YouTube and, you know, a little bit later on Instagram and stuff and really spent a lot of time investigating, you know, how do you grow on these platforms? What kind of content as well? You know, what, how do you structure things for, for I'm gonna say virality or just, you know, for people to enjoy watching it. Um, and then TikTok burst onto the scene, you know, suddenly every second meme you were seeing yeah. on Facebook or on Instagram itself was a TikTok video. Um, and, you know, something sort of started clicking there. I was like, you know, why, what is this? What is coming up? Because way back when, before TikTok was TikTok, it was something called Musical.ly, which is basically mm. a bunch of 12-year-olds lip-syncing to yeah. music. And, you know, although I've done one or two videos similar to that now, which I'm not too proud of, right back then, <laughs> it definitely was not my scene. Um, so I hadn't thought too much of it. Um, and then kind of end of 2019, coming into 2020, TikTok had just started exploding. It was a, a short-form media platform that, you know, was the best elements of Instagram and YouTube sort of combined and it was just, you know, someone looking for viral attention's dream paradise. Um, so I started, you know, following a bunch of people that were busy growing in the platform, thinking and, you know, looking at what were they doing, what kind of videos were they making, what would do well here. Not so much to make my own content, but I wanted to learn because we obviously with mm -hmm. Curate work with a lot of different brands and stuff, um, you know, how would this be beneficial for them and their media strategies? Um, so I started really analyzing that and then decided, I think it was, must have been beginning of January 2020. Yeah, 2020. I'm gonna make you know my first little little video. So I dead made fish in the shower. <laughs> dead fish in the shower. It was a, a classic. <laughs> let's let's put it that way. And that got you know four or five thousand odd views. So I was like, Ooh, this is this is interesting. I feel cool. I you know don't, not sure how my parents <laughs> will feel about this, but great. Um, and then continued making a couple more. Then uh, didn't think too much of it, but really saw okay, you know, there's a lot of potential here. You don't have to be amazing at creating this content and this platform for it to do well. Um, but if as long as you follow a few certain rules, you know, things are, are going to go go um, swimmingly in the words of that <laughs> golden fish. And uh, that was probably like quite a big mind shift going from creating like this super artsy and professional like after videos and stuff mm. to just sort of making 14 second jokes no no completely um i think the the big thing is that people sometimes don't realize it myself i really didn't realize content is subjective whether it's you know listening to a podcast like this or um creating a tiktok video or a youtube thing there are different mediums that are you know uh, are applicable to different people and their interests and creating for those particular interests is you know a skill in itself so I've really had to kind of take a step back and learn not to judge necessarily the content because how, who decides what good content mm. is? Is it based on how many people watch it? Is it based on how many people watch it and thoroughly enjoy it? Is it, you know, if a movie gets a Cannes award at wherever? So I've had to kind of take a step back and think, you know, look, content is a subjective field. So creating for whatever people are looking for, every, everything has its own opportunity. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think f for you, especially in the beginning on TikTok, um, it, you, you created obviously w what you thought of and like just your ideas but do you think like you're catering more now for what you've realized people want or do you still just do what you really want mm. to do? So I think the also I had a bit of a six month hiatus from my little TikTok creation process just because I needed a bit of a break to refresh myself but what I've really realized is that if you're not finding joy in the content that you're making or actually you know finding the humor in it or enjoying what you're mm. actually making you're not going to be able to do it long term. So you can do it for a week, two weeks, but you're going to lose interest straight away if you're not actually enjoying or involved in the, 
the, the creation process of whatever videos it is you, you're making. So sort of everything that I've made up until this point has been a large part. Obviously, you've got to cater to what people are actually going to watch. Mm. Um, but it's very much in line with, you know, what I find vaguely funny and what people who have been part of my initial community on TikTok have really thoroughly enjoyed and what they engage with well. Okay. So it's kind of, you know, built itself into what it is. And now, you know, it's just whatever people want to see. That's I'll do what I got to do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, how's it changed your day to day life? Obviously, it took that six month break for a reason. Um, has it like has people walked up to you in public or is it really not at that level yet? I'm, mm. I mean, I assume it is. So the, the interesting thing is obviously the, the main portion of where I really committed to creating a lot of videos on on TikTok and you know other platforms was during the like harshest part of 2020's lockdown. Oh, okay. So I went, you know, out of you know, normal life to suddenly seeing a person on the side of the street is just, you know, not going to happen. So then I went in with almost zero following on TikTok USA, came out of it with uh, a very nice base and obviously quite a nice South African following as well. Um, and initially it was quite nice. You walk around and someone says, hey, are you the guy from TikTok? Are you the, are you the guy? Uh, like the, the guy who makes the super videos? Really? Can you, are you the guy that wears that wig? <laughs> um, so, you know, there's been one or two little moments, but nothing drastic or anything like that. Is that where you cut the hair now to try? <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to fade into the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have like a certain video that completely blew you up or was it just like a gradual growth process? I think people don't or from what I've seen any of the other creators that I've chatted to, there's oftentimes little moments here or there that act as little catalysts, but it's, it's so much a momentum thing. I've seen a lot of people have like complete viral hits where they get you know, 10, 20 million views in a video, but nothing else sort of backing that up. And if you don't have that kind of consistency there, it's, it's never really gonna you know, be the catalyst mm -hmm. for any sort of channel or uh, a channel's growth um, in that regard. So. Also, the interesting thing I've seen, I've had a few videos that have gone off, you know, here or there with a couple of million views, which has been nice. Um, but you can never predict which ones those are going to be. Mm. So if you don't experiment and put in the, you know, hardware consistently with all the different types of content, you're never going to be certain of, you know, which one's actually going to be the one that's going to, you know, catalyze a bit of growth in a, a channel or a, a profile or, or whatever. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so the style of your videos have changed quite a lot from like the initial phase. Um, mm. You're sort of more of like a talk show host type of guy now, if that makes sense. Mm. And, and it's like more consistent content in that regard. Uh, have you enjoyed the style change? Like, do you like the new type of videos more or do you like miss just running in your backyard with a plate of toast? <laughs> <laughs> that is probably my favorite video to date, the, the one with the toast that you're referring to. For those that haven't seen it, please do not go watch it. It will traumatize you. <laughs> it's like the third last video. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like you said, there has been a, a bit of a, a content change, um, so to speak. That sort of came in during the different periods of lockdown where getting out or some, suddenly having someone else to help you out with a camera isn't necessarily doable. So I needed to find a kind of way of, you know, how can I still entertain people or, you know, create things mm. that are still funny or appealing to, to people to watch. Um, so I've created a lot of sort of like series videos, which are like talk, mm. talk show host things, as, as you say, quite rightly, um, which are very much based on the input from all the different people that follow my actual channel. Um, which is amazing because it, it almost feels like everyone's building the videos with me mm. rather than me just deciding, okay, I'm going to go create this because I think it's funny. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. How many followers do you think you need before you can go on the Hook van Alde in the Hook van Alde. No, I don't <laughs> think uh, any TikTok star is going to be on Hook van Alde for many, many years to come. But uh, I want to ask Skalk Burger would feel about that. <laughs> Love you, Skalk. If you're listening, you're welcome to come uh, on. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, is all it something? Sorry, yeah. All respect to Skulk, I don't think I'm quite worthy of uh, being <laughs> anywhere near the, the magnanimous figure that that, that man <laughs> represents. But um, is it something you would like to do professionally, or is it more like something you're enjoying now? I think creating content is always going to be a part of my life now that I've sort of, you know, got very invested into it. Not necessarily the medium that I'm presenting it in now. Obviously, it's very comedy, fun-based, um, you know, prime for, you know, the social TikTok aspect. Um, but I think documenting and, you know, showcasing what I'm up to, what I'm busy with, um, educating people in different aspects is always going to be something that I'm going to do. Um, obviously, being involved in Curate now and, you know, creating my own personal content, um, you know, content is involved in everyday aspects of our lives. So whether or not we um, just doing things to entertain people or we, you know, trying to educate people on, you know, how can they improve, you know, creating videos themselves, how can they do this, how can they, you know, grow vegetables in their garden, whatever, you, whatever it is, whatever you're interested in. Um, there's always content to be produced around that. So I think I'm always gonna, it's always going to be part of my life and it's going to be part of what I'm doing on a day-to-day, -day, you know, regardless of what I'm up to. In terms of content, I see you, by the way, quick plug for you. You're selling your presets now. You can check that <laughs> out on his Instagram. But uh, do you love, like, photography, videography, or sort of this TikTok-style stuff? Or what's your true love in, in content? Or is it sort of all of it, actually? Mm, that's a, a tough question because uh, each one has, you know, its own, own little bit of appeal. Obviously, taking photos, you, you know, you're getting the best sort of memory out of the moment mm. and, you know, really, really crafting that into what it can be. And that, you know can serve as a, a wonderful kind of showcase of, you know, what part of your life was for years to come. So photography is an amazing aspect of content creation. Obviously creating, you know, nice cinematic videos is really, you know, crafting reality to your will. It's, you know, telling a story. It's, mm -hmm. you know, framing things for people. It's, you know, really, really impacting the way people uh, remember things. And then, you know, the fun social side, you know, that's just, you know, to give people a bit of a laugh at the end of a hard day. So it's, it's hard to kind of pick one. Um, everyone has its own little unique aspect and, you know, just creating in, in general is, you know, a joy to do. And where did you start, like, gear-wise? Because I think a lot of people feel like you need the, the best gear to get into content creation. But, I mean, you said GoPro, but after that, when you got into photography and stuff, I mean, you obviously didn't have the setup you have now. So where did that start? And do you think you can do the same stuff with, like, entry-level gear? Yeah, so gear is obviously something that people almost... Uh, put on a bit of a pedestal thinking, you know, I need the fanciest cameras. I need the most amazing lighting I need, you know, someone to help me take this video before they can actually start creating But I mean most people nowadays have got access to a phone Which have got better cameras than most of the cameras that were around, you know, five ten years ago Which people were producing movies with so I have to really say that that's something that's almost Should never be a barrier of entry to any form of uh, content creation at all um, I started obviously with a little GoPro and then from there I think I borrowed friends cameras here and there for the next year solidly anytime I wanted to take photos or you know create a little video so it's really starting from the basics with whatever you have with you know a phone with a friends camera with whatever it's just about having fun and really telling stories at the end of the day. Okay, um, and then do you sometimes feel at the moment like you still need to keep on creating content or is it something that you still do just because you love it? It is, especially with the TikTok thing, um, that's, you know, it sometimes nags at you, like if you aren't making videos on a consistent basis, you constantly feel like, you know, if, you know people are going to, you know, stop paying attention, you know, uh, you know, everyone always talks about momentum in the, the content creation journey when, you know, growing a following base and stuff. So it, it is a bit of a constant, uh, I'm saying niggle, um, but really, like I said, if you're not finding joy in it and if you, if it's turning into a bit of a chore, mm -hmm then you're going to stop enjoying what you're creating and people are going to see that in the content that you create. 
So you have to always kind of find the joy, or I have to remind myself to, you know, find the joy in it, to enjoy it, um, and to not do it because I'm obligated to, but to do it because I, you know, enjoy doing mm. it. So before um, you sort of blew up on TikTok now, you've always loved social media. You've always put effort into your captions and your photos and such. <laughs> so what I've done, yeah, I've got six of your old Instagram photos. Oof, I'm terrified um, to see what's going to come up here. Um, and <laughs> I'm going to ask you to tell me the story behind the photo if you want to, if there's anything we need to cut out afterwards. So, so, um, I hope there's a not safe for work warning here. Uh, <laughs> I think it might be in. Okay, so let's start. I'm obviously going to put this on the screen, but let's start with this one. Um, Indra. So what's the story behind that? Story behind that. So we on our door boards with everyone's, uh, I don't know if, I hope the inductors are still doing it now, mm. but uh, we all had to have name boards with a bit of, you know, who was in each room, a little picture of them, a little bio, what they're up to, um, and a little bit about their life. And that photo was uh, one of the photos that we took for my third year when we were in Wall Street. Um, so all of us lined up the, the one day um, during lunch and quickly took a little few photos. All of us had a few different props just to, you know, make it a bit unique for us. From what I can see, they had a few little avocados. I don't know, <laughs> there were definitely a few um, alcoholic beverages involved in some of the gentlemen's uh, <laughs> photos. But yeah, that's the story from that day. Okay, and then <laughs> the next one is this one. What's that? Oh, also in that day. So that was Derby against Alzwerkta, one of my, my fondest memories. Um, with uh, Oki Khursen and Michael Gent. Michael was actually my, my roommate that year. Also, one of the days I, I cherish for, for, I will cherish for years to come. It's a nice little memory to have. And then referring to the caption as the beard growing when going better recently, it says here, yeah. um, smile if you can grow a beard. Oh, so for those that uh, can't, or those that can't see the photo, obviously, or those that can see the video and the photo, I am still incapable of growing any sort of facial hair. And uh, Oki and Mikey are obviously, you know, substantially <laughs> better in that regard. Oki had a magnanimous yeah. beard in his Indoc days. Um, so, yeah, it was just a little plan words there. Then the next one, what's oh the story dear. behind oh that? Oh, goodness. When was this from? Uh, this is 396 weeks ago. January 12, 2014, with the caption, last day with holiday hair, hashtag hair, hashtag long. Okay, so everyone <laughs> has their cringe moments in their lives, and this was mine, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I can't say too much about this. This uh, okay. is <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> and then this one, <laughs> what's Ooh. the story behind that? So at the time, surprisingly enough, I was actually in a relationship and <laughs> it almost enough. ended because of this. Apparently, I, it wasn't the most mature photo to post, <laughs> but it was right in line with my sense of humor and I thought it was brilliant and still do to this day. Oh, it's still funny. <laughs> I mean, that's where the content creation started. Exactly, uh, obviously. exactly. You've got to have fun in every moment. And then this <laughs> one, you could say if we can keep this. Oh, okay. So it's this one. So oh, who's goodness. that and where did this come from? So that is, it wasn't even during school. This was during preschool. And uh, we put on little plays and productions. And that year, I believe I was a blue whale. Um, from what I can see there. And yeah, I can't remember too much else about it, but uh, I thought I looked quite dashing. Yeah, I know. You look good, <laughs> you and your friend. And then uh, this one, where's that? This one I got deep, Oh, deep. wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So this is Cape Town 7s, I think it is. Um, the gentleman next to me, the, the shining knight, is a guy <laughs> I swam with at Marty's. Um, and yeah, obviously 7s is always a, a good time and everyone dresses up a bit. We decided without too many uh, costumes that matched, we tried to decide, uh, you know, we got to stand out a little bit here and see what we can do. Uh, apparently pink was the theme for my day. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I think the last one, you can say if we can keep this one in or not. What's the story behind that? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> you know, um, 
obviously, I spent a bit of time swimming with Martys while I was down here, and that's obviously at the, the Kutzenberg pool with a bunch of the Martys swimmers. Um, and the brand of costume that we're all wearing is a brand called Funkita. I believe they're an Australian brand. And they posted something similar with their American swimmers, and we decided, <laughs> no, you know, those oaks look like, you know, prawns. So we're going to do it a little bit better here. And yeah, that's <laughs> surprise Instagram didn't flag it, but I mean, it's there. <laughs> oh, but it's straight up. Um, and then obviously, oh, okay, sorry, here's the last one, because I wanted to chat about the swimming. So mm. uh, is that the Marty's team and what competition yeah, was so that? that was um, part of the Marty's team. That was actually at South African Short Course Nationals. I think that was 2017, if I remember correctly. Yeah, August yeah. 12, 2017. 2017, yeah. So that was down in PE and some of the Marty swimmers, we all flew down there. It's a kind of yearly competition that happens. Um, and yeah, that was one of our relay teams. So it's always a, an amazing moment where you can kind of medal as a team. Obviously, swimming is a very individual sport mm. for the most part, but you know, part of the relays and the team aspects is what makes it, you know, super, super fun. And that's, yeah, one of the little moments from that trip. And do you, do you still swim competitively or is it something that you, um, that you just do for fun now and how competitive did you do it? I mean, obviously for yeah. Marty's, but. Definitely not competitive. Well, it's competitive in my head, but definitely not competitive <laughs> by other people's standards anymore. I get in the pool and now and I borderline drown. Um, but yeah, I know still, still hop in the water from time to time. Um, obviously, swimming was a massive part of my life prior to university and then while at university days, swimming for Marty. So mm. I was never quite, you know, Olympic material, but, you know, up there and enjoying it with all the guys that went to the Olympics. I was, you know, their friend. You can now say, you know, I know this guy, I know this guy. Yeah. That was a mass, massive part of my life prior to coming to, to Varsity. Is there anyone now at the Olympics at the moment that or that just happened that you know? Mm, no, pretty much all of them. The whole team there. I was waking up at four in the morning for the last like, month screaming my head off, watching my little friends from when I was 11, 12, you know. Yeah, oh, that's break so Break world cool. records, you know, make finals. It was the most, you know, something that just changed shivers down your spine when you can see people that you've grown up with your whole life oh. suddenly, you know, performing at the highest level. Some of the Marty swimmers as well, I think. Emma Chelius uh, made a semi-final at the, the Olympics this year. So it was an Australian with her while I was here you know, in the end It's crazy to think. So yeah, she was at uh, Lydia for a while. So yeah, amazing, amazing moments. Yo, no, that's really cool. And, um, and in terms of Eendracht, uh, like the tours and dances, which one was your favorite? Like which tour or house dance or house fun dance really stood out to you? Mm. Yo, that's a, a loaded question. Every single dance and tour has its own little unique memories, moments, and you know, special things. I'm going to say probably Ace Once Dance in my second year, I think, was a, a really, really enjoyable one. I think we had a prison break theme, so I think I was oh, chained like with a, a little cuff link to my date for the whole evening. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were good friends from something, so nothing, nothing sketchy, but yeah, no, that was an enjoyable one, definitely. <laughs> okay, no, I'm glad. And then um, uh, there's a question we always ask guys who come on. Do you prefer uh, Burger Fridays or Snitchel Wednesdays? Snitchel Wednesdays, absolutely. Is it? That's Nothing one. Beats Extra protein as a multi swimmer. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Without a doubt. No, that was a, that was a, a win. Okay. Also, the, the pineapple burgers on the Fridays sometimes, you know. And the beef is also, sorry, see for <laughs> at the back, but the beef is also a little suspect sometimes. But anyway, no, it's been absolutely great to have you on. If there's any last things you want to say um, to the people of Yandrach, to the alumni, the current people, or to anyone on your socials, uh, what would that be? Yeah, no, it's been such a, a nice little break to come back to Res for a little bit and just see what everyone's up to. It's nice to see, you know, students back here. It's, you know, you know, the, the people in Indrach are what makes it, you know, alive and what, you know, fills it with all the memories that all of us cherish in our own little ways. So it's just such a, a blessing to be back here. Okay, great. Great to have you on, man. Thanks yeah. so much. And thank you for your time. Have a good day. An absolute pleasure. Yes, thank you.